Welcome into Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Adam Burrish and I dive into the comeback victory in Game 3 for the Chicago Blackhawks, 4-3 to three over the Edmonton Oilers. Matthew Highmore with a bit of redemption. Jonathan Taves with a two-goal night. Corey Crawford gets his 50th playoff win, one of 20 players in NHL history to reach the mark. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. It's showtime. In the playoffs, it's win or go home. With Chevy, it's win and go home in a new Chevy car, truck, or SUV. Check out Shop, Click, and Drive at your local Chevy dealer. Shop online 24-7 and take delivery at home. It's simple, it's safe, it's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive. Eye it, try it, buy it, whatever it takes. Your local Chevy dealers, proud sponsors of the Chicago Blackhawks. Bear winds it around. Shea couldn't pick it up. Mata did. Cuckoo's one-timer. He scores! Might have been tipped in front. Traffic in front of Koskinen. And a neat redirect of the Blackhawks have tied the game late in the third. Welcome back to Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum, Adam Burrish here once again. And Burr, we were sitting there last night. Uh, watching Game 3 in our respective states. You're up in Wisconsin. I'm in Illinois. And about 12.05, we were sitting there preparing for a completely different show than we're about to do. Within 10 minutes, the Blackhawks had not only come back within Game 3, taken a 4-3 victory over the Oilers, they're now one win away from advancing in the Stanley Cup to the Stanley Cup playoffs, I should say. The official start of the Stanley Cup playoffs with 16 teams remaining after the qualifying round. And uh, a very wild finish to the game, but something that we're not too unfamiliar with watching this Blackhawks team all season long. That's the playoff stress we've been wanting for four and a half months, Carter. We want that uh, that excitement. Um, I can guarantee you that there's people at home that fell asleep last night with the late 9.30 start that fell asleep with you know, 10 or 15 minutes left to go in the third, or maybe the start of the third thinking, man, this one just doesn't feel good. Um, it's a, it's a great game. It's back and forth, but it just seems like the Edmonton Oilers are going to squeak this one out. And you wake up in the morning, you check your newspaper, you check your phone, you check your stats and say, Holy man, the Blackhawks snuck it out. Uh, they're back. And I think a lot of people are like that. I had buddies that texted me the same thing that said, geez, I thought the game was over and I come and check the score out. And, you know what, in the playoffs, um, that's what is so great about it. But as a player, um, you can get a lot of confidence if you're on the Blackhawks from a game like that. You can get confidence from game one when you blow them out, you spank them real good. And then you get to game three in a game like that. Eh, felt like there were some times where you probably shouldn't have won that game or it didn't feel real good or it didn't look real good the way you were playing. And you find a way to gut one out and win a hockey game. Uh, man, if you're in the Hawks locker room right now, you got to be feeling pretty good about your game. Yeah, that second period really seemed like it didn't get away from the Blackhawks, but they just didn't seem themselves in the second period. They had a decent start. You get on the board early, Ole Mata with a goal in a second straight game. You score first for the first time in the series, so you've got some momentum there. You kind of, 
some some own mishaps in your own zone. Matthew Highmore turns a puck over early in the second period, just inside his own blue line, and Leon Dreisaitl goes the other way. That's it. Two-two game late in the period. You almost kill off a penalty, a strong penalty kill. It looked like, and Connor McDavid does Connor McDavid things, and just kind of a one-man show to take a three-two lead going into the third. But it didn't stop the Chicago team. They they kind of. They had their chances throughout the third period. They kind of kept battling, kept fighting, and it got towards the end, and it was almost like, well, you know, they gave it their best, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And then, boom, boom, Matthew Highmore scores with just over five minutes left, and then just over a minute left, a shot from the point. Connor Murphy uh, deflects in front, goes off Jonathan Taves, past Miko Koskinen, and the Blackhawks win 4-3. to three. Yeah, uh, good for Matthew Highmore, too, in that, in that fourth line. Um, because for about half the game, or maybe a little over half the game, um, they were getting that fourth line was get for the Hawks was getting some really tough matchups, and and the Oilers were getting Connor McDavid, Drysital out there against the Hawks fourth line quite a bit. Uh, it's a tough matchup for the Hawks. Um, they you can sense the whole series, or you've seen the whole series. Uh, Dave Tippett for the Oilers has been trying to get Connor McDavid away from Duncan Keith and into favorable matchups for them, and he did that for most of the first two periods. And he made the Hawks pay on it. Um, Jeremy Colleton stuck with his fourth line, though I know a lot of times in, in coaches, you know, at least in, in, in my experience, I'm, I'm sitting on the bench then if I get scored on twice. And he stuck with him. He had confidence in him. He kept putting him back out there, uh, again, in some tough situations and tough matchups. If you want to gain the trust of your coach, uh, you got to try and make those make that up. And Matthew Highmore and that fourth line group, they did. They battled. They kept getting their opportunities, and they scored a big goal to tie the game up. And um, good, good job on them to get some confidence back from your coach. And and I guess Jeremy for keep putting them back out there and, and giving them opportunities. Um, that was a big, big time goal. Um, if, if that fourth line doesn't kind of make up for getting scored on twice, Hawks probably don't win that game. Um, and so that energy line, those guys that just fought it out. Um, if you're looking ahead, though, I can I can guarantee you, uh, if the Hawks want to finish this thing off, they're going to have to find a way to make sure that you, you get you get the better matchups and you can get the right guys out there against Connor McDavid. He's going to play 21, 22 minutes. I think Drysaddle played 24, almost 25 minutes last night. Um, so changes are going to have to be sharp. And I want to see Duncan Keith out there as much as I can against McDavid because that's the matchup the Hawks are going to want. And it seemed like. On three of the four Hawks goals last night, the key has been just get bodies in front. Miko Koskinen yeah. is, is proven to be a really strong goaltender. He can stop the puck. Uh, he got a lot of help behind him last night. I think five posts uh, hit throughout the game by by Chicago and really frustrating opportunities there. But when you get traffic in front, the first goal comes with big-bodied Kirby Dock just sitting, planting himself right in front of him. Uh, you get a tip uh in the on the Highmore goal, you get another tip on the game winner. It just you have to find those kind of gritty ways to get those goals in the playoff, and that's exactly what happened last night. I mean, everything came from just redirects or flat out screening of the netminder. Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to see as this as this you know kind of odd playoffs goes forward. Um, you, you've seen a lot of games and certainly in this series, the, the series starts, it was pretty wide open. It was a lot of open ice, a lot of back and forth, two on ones, odd man rushes, breakaways. You're still going to see a lot of special team goals. That's just the way this playoffs is going to be. You're going to have to have, if you want to win games, your special teams is going to have to be great on both ends. 
But now you're seeing the game tighten up a little more where you're going to see those gritty types of goals. And that was the game last night. That was the difference is who can get inside, who can get to the front of the net, who's going to get a tip in, a deflection, a goal that caroms off a guy's ankle. But that comes from puck possession in the offensive zone. Uh, one thing that if, if you think back to the regular season, there was a point when when Jeremy and the coaching staff had talked about our defensemen have got to get pucks through. Our defensemen have got to find ways to get more pucks on net. We're not generating enough shots from the blue line. That's that's happening right now with this Hawks team is their defensemen are getting pucks through. Ole Mata scoring back-to-back nights. Uh, the game winner ends up being a shot from the point. Pucks bounce all over the place as the intensity rams up here. You're going to see more bodies, more chaos in front of the net. So keep pounding pucks there because it's a pinball in front. You see a game winner bouncing off another player's was his, his stick or his, his inside of his knee, whatever it was. It, it bounces all over the place. That's playoff goals, and that's what you're going to see as games start to tighten up a little more. Teams get better defensively. you got to find ways to get those kind of goals, and that's what we saw last night, and that was the difference. The fourth line getting some redemption. How about Ole Mata and Slater Cuckoo getting some redemption too? They were out there for, I believe, all three Oilers goals against, or at least Ole Mata was, uh, on, the, on the penalty kill with the third goal. But they come through when it, ma- when it matters. The game tying goal is a shot from the point from Slater Cuckoo. And uh, Ole Mata with the assist there and Mata with the early goal as well. I mean, you mentioned that those guys are finding ways to get pucks through. And we've heard a lot about Ole Mata's offensive capability since he was acquired last summer. You've seen it in spurts, but these last two games, uh, I think, have really taken it to the next level. And it goes right in with what you're saying of just finding a way to get pucks through. And that's all you have to do. It's not going to be pretty. But these are the playoffs, and, the, and those ugly goals are going to be the ones that are going to be the difference maker, not only right now, but going forward. Yeah, and, and you, you talk a lot about you know mindset right now. Um, and Ole Mata, a guy that's won some Stanley Cups, he's 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 been in situations, um, and last night was one that probably him playing for a long time and playing in a lot of playoff games and a lot of Stanley Cup games and winning cups where he could kind of lean on that experience where he, there were some shifts that weren't great. Uh, he had some matchups where you could tell that the Oilers wanted to get uh, Connor McDavid out there away from Duncan Keith and get him out there against those guys. That's a tough matchup for anybody. It's a tough matchup for Duncan Keith. It's a tough matchup for any defenseman in the world to get out there consistently against Connor McDavid. Nope. It, it's scary. You play on your heels when you, when you play against Connor McDavid, uh, Olimata kept getting stuck out there, you know, got beat a couple times, but he hung in there and he kept, he wanted to be out there. He wanted the puck. He wanted opportunities. Um, and that's tough as an athlete. And as a, that's kind of the difference between a young defenseman that can kind of beat himself up and lose some confidence. I, I give Ole a lot of credit. He didn't seem like he lost any confidence. He kept putting himself in situations to do the right things. And he was a big player again for the Hawks last night. So you, you talk about some veteran experience and, and I've kind of told you that, you know, nobody has experience in going through this type of playoffs before, but the mindset and being able to kind of go shift by shift and forget about a mistake you made and have the confidence to know that, Hey, I'm not going to make that mistake again, or Hey, put the puck on my stick. I'm going to make the right play. Ole Mata did that last night. They pulled it back. Keith. Murphy's long left the tip, they score! Got the tape, seemed to redirect it. A long wrister from Connor Murphy to the back of the net. I think it's the captain who won the draw, then got to the goal. The Hawks with 76 seconds remaining have the lead. The puck ended up in the back of the net. Kubalik to Keith to Murphy, and then the redirect. 
by the captain going to the front of the net, as you mentioned, Pat, after winning the faceoff. Ole Mata tied for the team lead with three shots on goal in game <laughs> three. Uh, another guy that had three shots, Jonathan Tays. And look, it, neither one of them were, were pretty goals, but two clutch goals from the captain stepping up when you need it most. You have a, a power play goal in the first period where uh, it deflects off his skating in. He, I don't even think he knew it was underneath him uh, at the moment. And then the game winner, I think, goes off of his knee and past Koskinen in goal. But... Uh, it's it's not so much about getting those beautiful goals or those pretty snipes. I mean, you have to be in the right spot to have those bounces kind of go your way. And he did it all night. Uh, again, a, a beast on the faceoff dot, fifty almost fifty nine percent on faceoffs, twenty nine total taken uh, in the game. And uh, he just continues to lead by example. We saw it in game one. He really stepped up alongside that top line, and he did it again in game three. He's getting a lot of opportunities, and, and if, when you watch the game last night, the broadcasters and even some of the people that were at the building, the, the between-the-glass guys, they had said that he was getting upset a lot with himself for missing shots and missing opportunities and um, thinking he should have been converting more. I like hearing that because I know he's getting opportunities and he's around the net. The more times your star players keep getting chances and keep keep having scoring grade A scoring chances, uh, you know they're going to come through. That's why they're your top end guys, and that's what Jonathan Taves every game so far. Uh, he he's been as offensive as you know, like he hasn't missed a step, and he keeps getting opportunities and opportunities, and you know he's going to convert. And that's what he did last night. The second one, Carter, I got to tell you, I had to watch the replay like twenty times to see where did that hit him? Did that actually hit him or not? Um, cause it was, it was an odd bang, bang play. And it, 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 um, it looked like the Edmonton guy kind of redirected it in, but you're right. It, it's putting yourself in that situation time and time and time again. And knowing a guy like Jonathan Taves is going to convert. He's been, he's been amazing in this playoffs, his skating. He looks fast. Um, I, I I'm, I'm going to say it again. I've told you this every single podcast, Carter. It's amazing that the level that these guys are playing at right now, you know, with, with very little training time and, I, I don't, I want to know how their bodies are feeling because you have got to be sore. I know how, when you start a season after two or three months off your, your first couple games, your first couple weeks, your hips are sore, your back sore, your groins are, are sore. Um, and then you're getting slashed and whacked and your upper back, your lower back, everything just seems to hurt. And I don't see it. I'm watching these games and they're looking like they're mid playoff form. It's, it's incredible. It's so much fun to watch. Well, and it'll be interesting to see because you have game four coming up. Friday evening, 5.45 p.m. Central puck drop. And the the Blackhawks have a chance to clinch. They have a chance to close this series out. But if you see a similar scenario as the game two where the Oilers just come out with that determination to take a game, their backs against the wall, game five is right away on Saturday. We don't know the exact time yet, but uh, right away, back-to-back game, to clinch that off. So just like you said, you know, these, these bodies might be hurting and maybe they've been helped just a little bit by the day off between the games. And it's been, I think largely kind of optional skates as uh, the team has gone ever since game one, but uh, the potential of having games four and five on back-to-back nights, and it's going to come down to whoever can just, I guess, dig down uh, in that game five, if it gets there, obviously we don't want to see it get there, but uh, it's something to definitely keep in mind as you look towards the next 40, 48 to 72 hours. Yeah, that'd be tough. Mid-season, when you're in mid-season form, back-to-back games are tough on your body. 
Um, so I can't imagine what these guys' bodies are going to feel like then. You're right. That'll just kind of be a gutted out time of game. It'll be fun for us to watch sitting on our couches and, and relaxing, watching these guys grind one out. If it does get to a game five, um, you know, if it does, you've got to think, uh, well, I mean, I think a game four, I think tomorrow, tomorrow's game again will be, I think it could come down again to your special teams, to your power play, who, who can, who his power play can be sharp and steal in the game. And then, you know, if you can score one or two, five on five, um, that's, I don't think, I still don't think we're going to see a one zero or a two to one type game between these two teams. I still think you're going to have to score three or four goals to win. Um, so see if you can get to, uh, off your power play, maybe three, and then, you know, chip in one five on five, but, um, the formula is still going to be the same. And it's, it's for both of these teams is limit your mistakes defensively as much as you can. Don't give away freebies, make make the other team at least earn their goals. You know, they're going to get a lot, a lot of opportunities. You know, Connor McDavid and dry settle are going to get their opportunities. Just don't give them freebies. And if you can limit your freebies, giving those guys freebies, um, you're going to put yourself in a good chance. But this is, I, I, to me, this is the most entertaining series to watch right now by far because you've got super high-powered offenses. You've got, you know, Kane Taves playing at a great level. You've got Connor McDavid, Drysaddle playing at an amazing level. So um, I, I can't wait for the game tomorrow. It's end-to-end action. And like you said, you just you, you're so enthralled when it in it when you're watching we talked in game one the Blackhawks power play looked really good scoring three with the man advantage uh going three for six on the night I think they were held off the score sheet on the man advantage in game two and then you look at game three they went one for six they got a goal but we we talked about that one goal it was kind of a deflection off of Taves kind of getting to the right area but I think a, a pivotal moment and maybe an area where it was good to see the Blackhawks kind of weather the storm and, and any potential frustration. But in the second period, they had three and a half power plays. I say three and a half because there's a late uh, first period penalty there. So they started the second period with the man advantage, but they had the opportunity in the second to just take the game over if they could have converted on even one of those four uh, power plays in the middle frame. What are you seeing from from the power play? Maybe what are you seeing from the Oilers right now that's um, kind of stalled out the man advantage for the Blackhawks? Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I, one for six, I don't think is going to cut it. Uh, if you want to close this series out um, on Friday, it's going to have to be better than that. I think uh, when this power play is really going, uh, Duncan Keats firing the puck from the point, and I think he's been I think he's been great. I'm glad he's on that number one power play. Um, but I think it needs to start there. I think it, when it when it gets to Kane's hands on the wall, uh, he's going to draw guys to him. He's going to handle the puck. Uh, once he moves, that's it's got to be an attack. Then once Kane brings one or two guys, everybody's going to stare at him. He moves it either down to the goal line or he moves it up to Duncan or through the seam to Jonathan. Once that pass is made, I'd like to see the guys attack the net. Then. Let's bring the net. Let's get let's get bodies to the net. Kirby Doc's doing a great job in front. Give him some work to do in front of the net. And I think once they. Once they keep with that attack mindset, one pass and let's go from Kane, um, I think they give themselves a good chance. Lost in a lot of the chaos of the late comeback and the just the offense of both of these teams, Corey Crawford becomes the 20th goalie in NHL history to reach 50 career playoff wins. We've talked about his longevity and just his ability to be in those big moments, but um, especially in a game like last night where in the third period, Chicago's folks focusing a lot on the offense, trying to find that equalizer. He was forced to come up big with a, a couple big saves, keeping his team in it yet again. And uh, just some of the goaltenders that his name is now uh, in conversation with in terms of 50 career playoff wins is just incredible. And I, I can't remember who uh, who said it in 
the the preseason or the training camp portion, but you know, someone was saying on on the team, he's just perpetually underlooked or, or overlooked in terms of elite goaltenders in the NHL. He's just kind of a, a consistent guy back there. He's not necessarily the big flashy netminder who's kind of in your face or, or kind of out in the media saying anything. He just he gets his job done. He goes about it relatively quietly, and you can just rely on him all the time. It feels like five years now with Corey that um, never gets the you know the proper attention and the you know top goalie or top two goalies in the NHL talk ever. Um, I mean, go through the go through every team in the playoffs right now. I, I I'll tell you, I, there's not a goalie if I've got a game seven or I've got a game on the line that I'm picking over Corey Crawford right now. Uh, there, there just isn't. And I mean, you look at this series right now um, for the Hawks to be up two one with the onslaught they've been under with getting scored on, you know, early on in games. Um, you know, I heard Brian Boucher who does the NBC coverage, who was a goalie who played for the Hawks too. Um, he always talks about that, that, you know, if you want to see what type of moxie a goaltender has, if he gets scored on early, let's see if he crumbles or if he gets better. It's kind of like in golf when you want to have a great round and you double bogey the first hole. Uh, oh man, my round's over. You make an eight on the first hole it's tough to kind of get that mindset back that, man, I can still shoot 75 or I can still have a great round where goaltenders are the same. You get scored on in the first period. You're all revved up for a game. I want to have a great game and I'm going to shut them out today. And all of a sudden the first shot goes in. Well, it's, it's pretty tough mentally. And, um, and you get scored on two or two times in the first period, man, that's a beatdown. How do you respond? And I, I, I don't think there's anybody mentally stronger in the goal right now in the NHL in these playoffs than Corey Crawford. I, I, I'm, I'm betting on him in a big-time game over anybody else in the league. And I, I don't think people talk about it. I don't think the media talks about it enough. But I think people know that. I think players know that. I think if you you talk to other players in the league and you look down as an opponent player opponent and you see Corey Crawford net, it's, it's not a guy you think that he's easy to beat. You're going to have, you're going to be able to light him up tonight. I think players know that. I just don't think it gets talked about enough. 50 career playoff wins for Corey Crawford, an incredible feat. Uh, Bert, I don't know how you've been watching my golf game, talking about a snowman on one of the first couple holes, but, uh, um, that, that was you, Carter. I, I know. That's that, what I was getting at. <laughs> it cut a little too close there, but I, I appreciate the analogy <laughs> for uh, for everyone looking or, or listening at home. Let's look ahead tomorrow night, Friday, 545. Puck drop, an elimination game. Jeremy Colleton said it last night. He knows that the Oilers are going to be just giving it everything they got because their season is on the line. They saw it from games one to two. He said they didn't necessarily have the same jump in game two, and we we talked about it after that loss. How do you prevent that going into game four? Because you want to close it out in game four. You don't want to you don't want to go into a crapshoot in game five with two of the two two of the top offenses in the playoffs uh, and just kind of battling it out there. You want to take care of business in game four. Yeah, uh, you know, just like I said, I think it's power play. I think your power play is going to have to be great. It's going to have to be better than one for six. And then you're just going to have to be sharp with your changes in lineup and matchups. Excuse me. Um, Connor McDavid and Drysdale, you got to get the matchups you want out there against him. You got to get, you know, I like Taves out there against him. Uh, I know you, you want your studs playing offense, um, but I, I'd like that. And I'd like to get Duncan Keith out there against him as much as we can. And I think that gives us the best chance. So get some great matchups out there. Get your best defenseman out there against Connor McDavid as much as you can. And then if our power play can can be the difference maker, if they can go better than one for six, if they can go at 25, 30%, um, I know Corey will be great. 
Um, I know they'll talk about defensively just being simple, just being safe. And if they do those things, um, uh, you know, I think the Hawks will have a real good chance this one. I know it'll be a fun game to watch. I know it's not going to be boring. I know it's not going to be neutral zone trap, sit on your heels and, and win at 1-0. So as a fan, um, you can't ask for a whole lot more. Real quickly, you touched on wanting to get Jonathan Taves out there against Connor McDavid. You have Leon Dreisaitl. You have the the last change in game four, a pivotal last change. We talked about kind of working on some of those matchups. How do you approach the Leon Dreisaitl line? Because for, for stretches of the game, we mentioned he was out there against the fourth line, uh, a couple of shifts against the third line. At, at one point, you had to put the Kane and Doc uh, line against him, which you don't necessarily want to do. That's the line you kind of want to get away in a perfect world. I mean, how do you how do you defend those top two lines from Edmonton and kind of break that up? So um, you're not. I mean, you can't put all your eggs in one basket against the McDavid line because, as we saw, Drysaddle is equally as dangerous out there. Yeah, I mean, well, and and remember that the last change is big, and so usually you start with the back end though, and you want to make sure that you got Duncan out there. Uh, against McDavid as much as you can. He's got the experience defending against the top end guy. So you start there and make sure you've got your two two defensemen out there. And then you have to have two options as forward lines. You gotta, I, for me, it's the Taves line. Um, and then, you know, Jeremy has seemed to like the, the fourth line out there against him, but you got to have two lines ready to go. Um, so if, you know, Taves just comes off your, whichever second unit you chose to go against McDavid, it's got to be ready. And, uh, and then you're, ne- then the next lineup, you know, dry sidles coming, coming right after him most likely. So then you got to have Taves ready. It's, it's tough for players and coaches when you've got uh, two lines like that. And a lot of times a coach will have different calls on the bench and he'll say, you know, listen up here. If they come back with their fourth line, you, this line's going, if they come back with the dry sidle line, uh, Taves, your line's going. Um, so there's a lot going on on the bench that, that people don't get to hear watching that, that the matchups become really important in the playoffs. And, um, I guess that's why I'm glad I don't have to coach because there's a, there's a lot that goes into that, that Jeremy's got his hands full when you've got two lines that Edmonton can trot out there that are really dangerous. But for me, you know, starts with the back end, make sure you get Duncan out there as much as you can against McDavid, but he's going to get opportunities. It'll be fun to watch. Well, Burr, it will be fun to watch. You took literally the words right out of my mouth because that was what I was going to follow up your comment with. But uh, thanks again, as always, for your insights. And we will uh, we'll see Game 4, 545 on Friday evening. It'll be fun to watch. And uh, we'll be here after, after it's over, uh, either talking about a victory or, or potentially a, a pivotal Game 5 on Saturday. Uh, thanks for your time, as always. Great to chat, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Carter. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive.